Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, September 12th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Governor Brian Kemp is suspending the state's gas taxes again. State officials are preparing to remove 82,000 Georgians from the voter rolls. And 22 years after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, survivors experience cancer, respiratory illness, and anxiety disorders. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Governor Brian Kemp is suspending the state's gas taxes again. The governor issued an emergency declaration today, allowing him to halt collection of Georgia's 31 cent per gallon gas tax for a month beginning tomorrow. GPB's Donna Lauer has more. The governor blames, quote, runaway federal spending policies that hamstring domestic energy production. He says Bidenomics has, quote, taken money out of the pockets of the middle class. But state Democrats say it's a political move because the state has a budget surplus. Georgia House Minority Leader James Beverly. Why we keep getting revenue underestimated every single year? And so there are two things. I think Biden helped. And then also the uh, the revenue. This is not his personal bank account. These monies should be used for Georgians, whether it be infrastructure, health care. The month-long gas tax break takes effect at midnight, but it will be a few days before motorists see lower prices at the pump. For GPB News, I'm Donna Lowry. State elections officials are preparing to cancel voter registrations for 82,000 Georgians. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office said today that those voters have been identified as potentially having moved out of state. If they don't respond to a mailed notice within 40 days, they'll be placed in inactive status. The office says more than 300,000 inactive Georgia voters will have their registrations canceled next year unless they have voter activity between now and then. A year after a new state mental health law went into effect, no Georgia insurers have proven to state officials that they're meeting one of its key mandates. The new law requires insurance companies to cover mental illness the same as physical illness. A report by Insurance and Safety Fire Commissioner John King last month says most Georgia insurers are exempt from the law. But of the 28 non-exempt companies, none submitted sufficient data to prove they're in compliance. The Food and Drug Administration last month approved the first vaccine for pregnant people that protects newborns against infections from RSV. GPB's Sophie Gratis reports respiratory syncytial virus is one of the leading causes of hospitalizations among infants and young children. When given in the third trimester of pregnancy, a Brisvo, the RSV vaccine, was proven to reduce the risk of RSV to infants by 80% three months after birth. But though cases of RSV are already going up in the southeast, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has not recommended a Brisvo for pregnant people yet. Dr. Martina Bedell with Emory's Maternal Fetal Medicine Division says uptake of the vaccine will likely take time. Vaccine hesitancy um, is very real. Being really thoughtful and targeted in in how we um, provide education and access to a new vaccine will be really important here in Georgia. By passing antibodies to babies before they're born, maternal vaccines are already used to help protect against whooping cough, COVID-19, hepatitis, and the flu. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Gratis. 
The city of Rome has approved a settlement with chemical maker DuPont to resolve a lawsuit claiming the company polluted its drinking water. City commissioners ratified the agreement last night, although its amount was not revealed. The city attorney said DuPont is suing to block the amount's disclosure. Previously published reports said the city could get more than $100 million from settlements with dozens of companies. The money would cover the cost to remove chemicals from the city's main water supply, the Ustinala River. Valdosta city officials say it'll take 8 to 10 weeks to clean up debris from Hurricane Idalia. The city announced a timeline for removing debris from city rights of way yesterday. The city is contracting with national disaster response company Ashbrit for the cleanup. Officials encourage residents to cut yard waste into six-foot sections and to avoid blocking fire hydrants with debris as it waits for removal. Idalia hit Valdosta with 70-mile-per-hour winds when it barreled through South Georgia two weeks ago. New garbage trucks are rolling through Columbus this week. City sanitation workers started using the 40 new trucks yesterday that the city bought for $16 million using money from the American Rescue Plan. The trucks use side-loading instead of three-person crews. That means residents are now using new 96-gallon carts that come with new rules, including not leaving trash bags on top of or next to carts. It also means the city won't have to rely on incarcerated people from the county jail to fill work crews. Yesterday marked 22 years since the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, but tens of thousands of people are still sick from exposure to the disaster site. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta is now sharing with the public what it's learned about the health effects of 9-11. GPB's Ellen Eldridge reports. For months after the attack, responders and survivors breathed in air filled with small pieces of the World Trade Center towers. That dust is now part of the health effects of 9-11 exhibit at the CDC Museum in Atlanta. A piece of that dust is magnified in a large photograph. Why is this such an important story to tell 22 years after 9-11? That's Anthony Gardner with the CDC's World Trade Center Health Program. He's giving a tour of the exhibit. Nearly 80,000 people have physical or mental health conditions stemming from their exposures to 9-11 related conditions. Gardner lost his brother Harvey in the 9-11 attack on the Twin Towers. He spent the last two decades advocating for the victims who experienced things uh, such as dust, smoke, debris, and the traumatic events. He says 22 years later, cases of cancer, respiratory illness, and anxiety disorders are still being discovered. Kayla Bergeron was in her office on the 68th floor of the North Tower when the plane hit. For more than an hour, she and others made their way down the survivor's staircase in the dark. She says once they finally made it out, a police officer told them to run. You know, like after all this, who wants to run? And then I look around, this giant plume of black. Oh my God, I ran 16 blocks to the Holland Tunnel and dove under a car. Bergeron was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a common mental health effect among survivors. Stories like hers are part of the CDC's exhibit. The collection also shows what health experts have learned over the decades. Lisa Delaney is with the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. She was at the CDC on September 11th, 2001. We did not have a plan to send people out the door rapidly to conduct immediate sampling of uh, the potential exposures. Now she is leading the CDC's emergency preparedness program. 
The goal is to make sure first responders are protected from potential health hazards like those discovered in 9-11 survivors. It's always with us when we think about new emergencies, um, for example, the Maui wildfires, and now understanding what they were potentially exposed to and how that might impact their long-term health. The 9-11 Health Effects exhibition at the CDC Museum is open through April of next year. There's also a digital version available online. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. Atlanta-based packaging giant Westrock is combining with Ireland-based Smurfit Kappa to create a global firm valued at $20 billion. Smurfit Capra said today that it's buying Westrock in an $11 billion deal to create the world's second largest packaging company. U.S. and European Union antitrust regulators would have to approve the merger. The combined company would be based in Dublin with its North American headquarters in Atlanta. In sports, the Philadelphia Phillies spoiled Matt Olson's 50th homer and salvaged a doubleheader split. With a 7-5 win over the Atlanta Braves last night, the Braves won the first game 10-8 in 10 innings. Olson is now one home run away from tying Andrew Jones's franchise record of 51 homers in a single season set in 2005. Right-hander Kyle Wright made his first start since May 3rd after being on the injured list with a strained right shoulder. He faced eight batters and allowed four runs in the first inning, with Edmundo Sosa doing the most damage on a two-RBI double off the left field wall. The Braves face the Phillies again tonight. Max Fried gets the start for the Braves. And that's it for this edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, visit our website, gpb.org news. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We will be there for you in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon. If you've got feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send it to us by email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.